John chapter 14, verse 6. Um, it says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So let's, uh, let's pray one more time uh, together this morning. Jesus, hallelujah. God, I thank you. Well, your spirit, your presence that's here, God, I pray that your anointing continue to flow in this place. In Jesus' name, God, anoint our ears to hear your word and my mouth to speak it. I pray in the name of Jesus, God, let everything be clear. I pray, God, speak to our hearts today. In Jesus' name, God, give us a glimpse out of, of heaven, I pray. In Jesus' name, God, let your will be done, I pray. In the name of Jesus, amen. Uh, you can have a seat if you'd like. It's up to you. I don't, like, I don't care. You can stand, you can kneel. As long as you stay six feet apart. <laughs> there are um, seven different times, we've been talking about this the last few weeks, but there are seven different times in the Gospel of John where Jesus says, I am, or uh, he gives us seven different things that he says, I am. And uh, So far we've talked about the bread of life and how he's everything that we need. Um, he sustains us. He gives us life. Uh, we've talked about how he's the light of the world. He shows our, us our sins so we can change. And he gives us peace and hope, which is what light does. When you're scared of the dark, what do you do? You turn on the light and it lets you know what is there and what isn't there. And then you're no longer afraid. So that's what he does for us. Um, and it's our job as uh, Christians to reflect that light like the moon does to the sun, to the darkness around us. And we talked about how he was a door to the sheepfold. The only way into this is through Jesus. Um, and as the door, he's also the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. And last week we talked about um, the resurrection and the life. Now we have hope in him for this next life. And it's good to go through these um, because this is how Jesus referred himself to the people he ministered to and to show them who he was. And so it's good for us to um, study these out a bit and maybe get a clearer picture of who he is and what his goal was, what he was trying to accomplish. Um, and Jesus often would give one of these revelations in relation to something that had just happened or in connection to something he had just taught. When he talked about the bread of life, it was the day after he had fed 5,000 people and people came looking for more bread because that's what you do. When people you give free food, they show up the next day. Can I have some more? Please, sir, I'd like some more. And that's what he talked about the bread of life. He talked about the light of the world. Um, after they had brought the, the lady who was caught in adultery, he wrote on the ground and said he was that sin cast the first stone because the light shows you you know, what's going on? The sin that maybe you thought was hidden. Uh, he talked about the door, the sheepfold, and the good shepherd after the leaders of the temple had thrown out a man simply because he was healed and they didn't like the fact that it happened on the Sabbath. And he compared himself to these leaders and said, I am the good shepherd. These guys are just uh, higher than They don't really care. And then last week, the resurrection of life just before he raised Lazarus from the dead. And today is our sixth one. I don't know if you're getting tired of them or not, but one more after this, and we'll do something else. But today he says, we're going to focus on what he said, I am the way. And as um, numbers go, 
John 14 is right after 15. Uh, right after 15. Right after 13. Just ruined my own joke. John 14. This is why I don't deal, deal with numbers. It's right after 13. Um, it takes place, this whole bit, in John 13 and 14. And um, Jesus is with his disciples. And it's just before he will be arrested. Um, you know, he has the Last Supper with them, as we call it. He's telling them all kinds of things. And it's like he's just trying to um, download whatever he can into their lives. He's trying to give them all this information that he can because, you know, he knows his time is short. He's summing up his ministry. He's kind of clearing up any questions they have. He knows it's going to be over soon. And he's making sure that they get what's been going on the last three years, make sure they understand what has been happening. And he's just told them that uh, he's, they're not going to be able to follow him to the next step. They've been following him for three years. and um, He says, you're not going to be able to follow me to this next step. And then Peter's like, no, I'll never leave you. I will die for you. And Jesus is like, yeah, actually, you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. And that's how chapter 13 ends. And then he starts chapter 14, and he's, he's still talking to them, and he says in verse 1, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And no doubt, after he told Peter, you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows, no doubt their hearts were troubled. Peter um, was their kind of leader other than Jesus. He was the loud one, the one that kind of led the charge. He was the one who walked on water. He was one of the ones that Jesus chose to um, take up to the Mount of Transfiguration, we call it. And, and now Jesus said he was going to deny him. And what does that mean for the rest of them? If Peter was going to do this, what does it mean for the rest of them? And when we look up to people and they fall or they fail, it, it hits us hard. It's troubling to our hearts, to our, our spirits. And we see maybe pastors or ministers or even saints in the church that we look up to, if they, if they fall into sin or they, they you know, deny Jesus or something like this happens, it's very troubling to us. It affects us, and whether we want to admit it or not. And we think things like, if they can fall, if they can fail, you know, what hope is there for me? Right? Has this ever happened to anyone? I've been through this. I just assume everybody else has. But you wonder, what, is, what does this mean for me if this other person can fall? In the middle of what Jesus is trying to say, in the middle of what he's trying to do and accomplish, he takes the time to address the concerns of their heart because he cares. He takes time to address what they're struggling with, what they're dealing with, what they're battling through because he cares. He says, let not your hearts be troubled. There's no doubt their hearts were troubled when they heard that Peter was going to fall. And then he starts trying to reveal to them who he is, who he really is. He's trying to make it clear because he's going to be gone soon. And these guys need to understand who he is. And if not, the whole thing is just going to fall apart. They need to know who he is. He says, you believe in God, believe also in me. Faith in Jesus and faith in God are equal, the same, because Jesus and God are one. And that's what he's trying to make sure they understand. He said, you believe in God? Good. Now you need to believe the same way in me. 
In verse 2, he says, In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. He says, In my father's house, a house is a home. He's talking about heaven. Everyone believes that God lives in heaven. That's, a, you know, that's in us. God is in heaven, right? That's where he, he lives. And that's not just a place. It's a home. And Jesus said, I'm going to go prepare a place for you. I'm going to go make some room for you in this home. It's my father's home, but it's going to be your home too. I'm going to make room for you. A place where you belong. A place where you can feel at peace and safe and, and comfort for the rest of eternity. He says there are many mansions. We've kind of taken that and run with it because we, most of us, don't live in mansions. So we're like, oh, sweet. I'm going to get a mansion when I go to heaven. Right? <laughs> and some of us have heard things like, you know, if the better you live, the older you are, you're going to get a bigger house and all this crazy stuff that's not in the Bible. You know, if you're just scraping by, maybe you'll get a little cottage by the city. I don't know. but That's not even close to what Jesus is saying. We just hear the word mansion and we're like, yes, I want one. Right? Anyone? Well, the word mansion just means abode, which is disappointing, I know. <laughs> How big it is, we don't know. That's not really the big the point of this. In Jewish culture, you would just, as your family grew, you would add rooms onto your house. You would just build an extension on for the, the new family. And you would just, you know, that's what you did. You just, your house would grow as your family grew. And Jesus said, there's many mansions, or there's many abodes, or there's many rooms in my Father's house. I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm going to make room for you. I'm going to, I'm going to make space for you. And the main point of this is that he's making room for you. There's room for you in the Father's house still. He's making space for you. He's preparing a place where you fit, where you belong, for you specifically. And it's not hard to keep our hearts from being troubled when we think about that. And then John, in Revelation, he describes heaven like this, Revelation 21, 3 to 4. It says, I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them, and their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. That sounds pretty good to me. Last week he said that I am the, the resurrection and the life, and it's through that resurrection and life that we can experience this. No more death, no sorrow or crying or, or pain. And Jesus says in verse 3, he says, If I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. He says, If I go... I will come again. He says, the only way this is going to happen is if I go. I need to go, he's saying. I need to go do this thing that I've been trying to tell you is going to happen. I need to go through this crucifixion, this burial, this resurrection, this ascension that's going to take place. I need to go. I need to pay 
the price. I need to be this sacrifice. But if I do it, I will come again. It's necessary for me to go. If I go, I will come again. But if he doesn't, then it's not going to happen. It's necessary for me to go, he says. He's saying this right before everything's just going to fall apart for these disciples. Everything's just going to go crazy. There's going to be an arrest and a trial. And Judas is going to betray him. There's going to be a cross. There's going to... You know, Peter's going to deny him. They're going to run away. It's just going to be a big, hectic mess. He says, I need to do this. And he's giving them hope. He says, if I do this thing, it's going to happen. I'm going to come back. And I will receive. I will welcome. I will bring you in. You know, when someone comes to your house, um, you receive them. Right? As a guest. Um, Maybe someone's coming for the weekend. You prepare a place for them. A bed. You make a bed up. Uh, We bought a couch that folds out in the bed. For such a time as this. We prepare the place for someone to come. That's what he's saying. I will receive you. I'm going to prepare a place. I'm going to receive you. And welcome you in. The same kind of picture. He's going to prepare a place. Then welcome you and so that we can be together. That's what this whole thing was about. Being together with Jesus forever for eternity. That's what heaven is. Us and Him. I know we make it about other things. It's not about seeing dead relatives or escaping hell or, I don't know, seeing Fido again or whatever it is. All dogs go to heaven, all that nonsense. It's not about that. It's about being with Jesus. Forever. He says that where I am, you may be also. He went to the cross and he died and he rose again. He ascended and he sent his spirit for us so that we could be with him. Nothing between us. That relationship that was destroyed by sin restored again. Again, he said the only way in is through the door. The only way in is through him. Hope. Uh, We want hope for the life after this. It's through him. This is what he's been saying all this time. I am the door. I am the shepherd. I'm going to lay down my life. I I am the resurrection and the life. All of this is wrapped up in him. Verse 4 says, And whither I go, ye know. And the way, ye know. He says, You know where I'm going. And you know the way. And judging from Thomas's question, the next verse they weren't quite sure they knew what he was talking about. You know, he'd been telling them, he'd been teaching them all this stuff for three years, and they quite, weren't quite getting it. Uh, you know, maybe you got kids. Maybe you got um, people you work with. Um, you know, you tell someone something, and they don't quite get what you're saying. Right? I feel like that often. Not with you guys, obviously. <laughs> but you tell someone something, they don't quite get it. And you're like, I've told you, you know, you know this. But something, it's not connecting. You know the facts, you know the things, but it's not, it's not reading up, right? It's like, I, you know this. You know where I'm going, you know the way. I've told you all this. And you just wait for these people to piece it together in their heads and it may be three in the morning and they're like, oh, that's what he meant. Or 
you know, weeks later, I don't know, it takes a while sometimes. They know all the information, but they haven't quite put it all together. And that's where the disciples were. They knew all of this. They knew what he was saying. They knew what he was talking about. They couldn't quite put it together. It didn't quite make sense. They knew everything, but the light hadn't come on yet. He said, you know the way. And Thomas, verse 5 says, Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? God, we all know where you're going, and how are we supposed to know the way? Thomas is just, he doesn't fool around. He's like, I don't know what you're saying. I'm not getting it. Help me. Right? I'm like that sometimes. I don't know what you're trying to say. Just stop. My wife and I, we maybe do that to each other. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Please make sense. This is what Thomas is like. I don't know what you're, I don't know what you're talking about. You're saying I know, but I don't know. I need to know. And it's okay. It's okay if we... It's okay to talk to Jesus like that. It's okay if we don't know what something means. If you don't get it, if you're reading your Bible and you don't understand what it's saying, ask him. Pray about it. You don't understand, pray about it. He'll tell you. He'll clear it up. If you're confused, pray about it. That's what his spirit is there to, to help you understand. And Thomas had that sort of relationship with Jesus. And he wasn't worried about the other guys. I mean, they were like, well, Thomas, I mean, it's obvious. It's obvious, says Simon, you know didn't happen. He wasn't worried about what the other guys were saying. And maybe maybe Thomas was the only one that didn't get it. Maybe the others pretended that they did. Right? That's worse. Just smile and nod. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then nope, didn't get it. So I don't know if the other guys were just, yeah, okay, we know, yeah, gotcha. Thomas said, I don't know what you're saying, man. Please make this clear. So, Jesus he takes time and he addresses Thomas personally. Thomas has this question. Jesus is like, all right, we'll just pause here for a second and we'll clear this up. And then a few verses later, Philip's like, well, actually, I don't understand this thing. And Jesus is like, okay, well, we'll do this. But Thomas takes this step. He's like, I don't understand what you're saying. And Jesus pauses there and he, he explains it to him. With the sixth I am. And if it wasn't for him asking, maybe we wouldn't quite get, get it either. Jesus had just rebuked Peter, remember? Maybe the rest of them are a little worried about speaking up because Peter's like, yeah, I'll do it. I'm never going to deny you. And he's like, actually, you are. And maybe the rest of them are kind of worried about saying something because they didn't want to get you know, put in their place. So Peter was a big deal. But Thomas didn't seem to care about it. He's like, I just need to know what you're talking about. Jesus said, you know, and Thomas is like, no, I don't. And then verse 6, Jesus says unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And Jesus says to Thomas, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Remember, Jesus has been talking about his Father's house, about heaven. He says, I am the way, the way, only one, no one else. The way. Jesus is the only way. And it circles back to verse 1 where he said, Believe in God, believe in me. You can't come to God except through me. I am the way. He says, You can't go to heaven except through Jesus. He is the way, He is the truth, and the life. All truth is in God. Everything that's true comes from Him. Jesus, again, was saying in a roundabout sort of way that He is God. I am 
the way. It's only through me. I am the truth. Everything else is false and everything else is a lie. I am the life. There's death without me. Remember he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He's saying, I'm still the life. All of our hope can all of our hope needs to be found in Jesus. No man comes to the Father except through me, Jesus said. He is God. You can't pray without going through Jesus. You can't go or get to the Father's house unless you go through Jesus. The only way to heaven is through Jesus. Again, he says in John 3, 5 to 7, to Nicodemus, he said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water, and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God, which is the same kind of thing. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. You can't get in unless you're born again of the water and of the spirit. Jesus has already said, I am the door. I'm the only way in. And now he says, I am the way. He's just kind of reiterating it. If we're going to get to heaven... If we're going to get to the Father's house and to those mansions, if we're going to see what those mansions look like, whether they're whatever, huge like we think, or they're just rooms, I don't know. We're going to get to see it. We need to go through Jesus. And he said in John 3, you need to be born of the water. And how are we born of the water? Through him. We're baptized in his name. Our sins washed away. Take on the name of Jesus in baptism through the water. Acts 2, 38. Acts 10, 48. Galatians 3, 27. Colossians 2 and 12. And et cetera, et cetera. All right, so we got the water. And then Jesus' name threw him through the water. So he said, you need to be born of the Spirit also, which is the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus, who received his Spirit speaking in tongues as the evidence. Um, 1 Corinthians 12, 13. Luke 3 and 16, Acts 2, 38, and some other verses read. <laughs> I didn't write them all down. But if we're going to go through Jesus to the Father's house, through the door, like he said, we're going to be in his kingdom. We need to be born of the water, baptized in his name. We need to be born of the spirit and filled with his spirit. And that's how we go through him. Jesus says, no man comes to the Father but through me. We can't get there unless we go through him. Again, he is the only way my wife could come. Um, verse 7. Jesus says, if ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. From henceforth ye know him. And have seen him. And Philip's like, I don't know what you're talking about. The next person explains it again. But he says, if you had known me, you should have known my father also. And from henceforth, you know him and have seen him. He's saying, me, my father, and I are the same. If you've known me as they have, you should know the father too. He says, just to clear this up, you do know him. And you have seen him. Because it's, it's him. I is he and he is me. Jesus said, if you want to go to heaven, if you want to be in the Father's house, you need to come through 
me because I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No matter what anyone else says, or they say anything else, they're lying. The only way to heaven is through Jesus. And we get there by taking on his name in baptism. We apply his blood of the, the good shepherd who laid down his life for the sheep. We apply that blood of a sacrifice. When we take on his name, we receive his spirit and we follow him. That's how we get there. Now, most of us are there, but it's good to remind ourselves. He is the way. A lot of other things going on now. A lot of people preaching and teaching all kinds of other things. Well, maybe he's not the only way. Maybe this and maybe that. And, well, maybe he meant this and that. But he said, I am the way. He didn't say, I am a way. One of the ways. Some of the ways. So I am the way. There's only one way. We want to get to heaven. We need to go through the door. We need to go through Jesus. We don't get there by being a good person or most of us wouldn't make it. We don't get there by I don't know. He owes you something because you did something for him or you gave so much to the church and now you can get in or you had someone lit a candle for you or whatever. The only way in is through him. Let's all, let's stand today. We're going to pray. Let's just, as we pray, let's just thank him for this. And if you maybe have an experience be baptized in his name we have to be filled with his spirit let's seek him today and he can he can feel you can be baptized whatever you want just let me know I'll wear masks and gloves and all that stuff and get her done doesn't matter to me but he he is the way and if we're going to get there we all want to go to heaven we all want to see heaven heaven is great we sang it earlier this morning going to be awesome, but we need to make sure we're going through Him. We can't go over the walls. We can't sneak through any other, other way. we got to go through the door. we got to go through Him. He is the only way. So let's, let's this morning make sure that we are with Him. We're going through Him. Make sure if there's anything that's in the way, uh, it would be removed so that we can go through the way. Does that make sense? Let's all take some time and pray.